0: Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything if you want to keep up with me lex on instagram my instagram handle is at just lex page j-u-s-t-l-e-x-p-a-i-g-e and that's where you can find all of my social media content it's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources i have to help you survive social media And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, Thank you for being here, but I'm so excited to start this new journey with you, so please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you, but for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to, and hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy! Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a Page Media Co. podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. What's up? What is the hot gossip? Tell me everything. I'm so excited to be here. I am pumped to be recording by myself, not because I'm excited to be recording by myself, but I'm excited for what today's episode is going to be about. But really quick, I need to put some feelers out there. So if you routinely listen to this podcast on the day that it comes out, so it's Friday for you right now, would it be a good or a bad thing? Are we feeling more hot or are we feeling more cold about? The podcast possibly coming out on Mondays instead. How do we feel about that? I need you to DM me on Instagram. Tell me if that is a good or a bad idea. Is there a reason that it should come out on Fridays? Like, are you Fridays your day off and you're just chilling and you like want to know that it's coming out for you to listen to while you do your house cleaning? Is it your like would Monday be better because it's your CEO day? Like what day is best? I'm torn between Mondays and Fridays. So it's been Fridays forever, obviously. But I am thinking with the change that's coming for the social media survival guide, like I said, there's going to be weekly mini trainings that are associated with the podcast episodes that are coming out. And to me, I just feel like Monday is a good day to like know that a new learning opportunity is coming. Do you know what I mean? So please DM me on Instagram. Tell me if this is a good idea or a bad idea. It wouldn't be for a couple more weeks. But I need to know your opinion on it. And also, while I'm here, I'm going to shamelessly ask this because I've never asked this before. If you like this podcast, if you enjoy it, will you please leave a review. I was contacted by a sponsorship opportunity and... One of the deciding factors in us working together was the amount of reviews or ratings that the podcast had on these platforms. So Spotify and Apple Podcasts are going to be the most important ones. So if you are listening on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, even if you don't write anything, could you just like hit the five-star button or whatever rating you want? I'm not here to ask you for five-star ratings. I'm just here to ask you for a review. So if you do feel like there's anything that could be improved on, if you're like, oh my God, this girl talks to herself too much, whatever you feel please leave your feelings in the reviews wherever you like to listen okay i'm done shamelessly plugging and asking for things i am excited to talk about today's topic which is going to be your contract as a social media manager so i feel like with social media management contracts it cut there's so much that goes into them it's so hard to come up with a legitimate legal contract on your own so full disclaimer this is not legal advice This is not anything that you should try to take upon yourself. This is just some important points that you should be sure to include in whatever agreement you have. Like I said, I highly recommend getting a lawyer or some sort of contract created by a professional because at the end of the day, none of us want to think about our business ever having to go to court or withstand, you know, being sued, which I mean, knock on wood. I've never been in that situation. But knowing that I have the legality behind my business to back up anything and knowing that I have all of these little clauses in there that make sure I'm not going to get burned makes me feel better about running my business. So like I said, professional is going to be the best option here. Same thing with your taxes. Get an accountant I know it sucks to have to invest in those things because it's money that you're just watching come out of your bank account but in return you're getting sound, you know, peace of mind knowing that your business is operating fully legally and that you would withstand anybody trying to come after you for anything. So, that's what we're here to talk about today is some of these nitty-gritty clauses that social media managers should have in their contracts to make sure that they don't get burned and again, not legal advice. Just one social media manager to another, trying to make sure you don't get burned on any of these. A couple of them I'm speaking from experience, so let's get into it. But really quick, you can find me on Instagram at Page Media Co. You can find me on TikTok at Page Media Co. If we have not met, my name is Lex. Shoot me a DM on Instagram to not only tell me if Friday is the day that you want the podcast to continue coming out on, but just to introduce yourself if we've never met. Okay, really quick, an ad, and then we'll talk about the contracts. Okay, so getting into contracts. So there's obviously a couple things that you are going to want to have in your contract just to make sure you are accurately defining what the service is going to be for the client that you're providing and going into it just knowing that everybody's on the same page so a couple of the bigger things that you want to make sure you're outlining is the scope of work so you do want to make sure in your contract you have and these are not the nitty-gritty things we're just kind of going you know umbrella here we're going to start at the top and then we're going to talk about all the little nitty-gritty things that come with this so just some basic things for right now but scope of work you do want to make some sort of list or some sort of verbal agreement that tells the client the actual service that you're going to be providing for them, whether that is full-time management, community management, you know, content creation, whatever it is. Make sure you're defining that scope of work you're also in your contract going to want to touch on any time frames so if there is a specific time frame for a project if there are specific days of the week that you need your client to be available things like that anything that comes with a time frame again you want to just make sure you're keeping that in your contract you do want to define the deliverables so if you're doing content creation or like full-time management with posts, defining the deliverables means any piece of content or in social media manager's world, it's technically anything that's tangible. Tangible is, you know, a physical object or thing that you're presenting to your client. Obviously, content is a digital asset, so it's not like a fickle tangible asset, but... Anything that you are delivering to the client. So this will be, you know, reels, feed posts, captions, hashtags, story posts, anything like that. You want to make sure you're defining any tasks that you are in charge of. So whether that's like uploading content or outsourcing for certain things, any specific tasks that you are taking on with this client, you want to make sure you are defining. So, like i said those are just some of the bigger things but we are going to dive into some of the more nitty gritty things so one of the first things that really gets overlooked but can actually become a huge problem really quickly is how long you store copies of the deliverables so you're going to want to establish this whether it's somebody that you're working with for full-time management or somebody that you're just doing like a one-off content creation for and i'll give Two different examples of this. So for my full-time management clients, I do tell them, you know, anything that's being posted to their page, obviously that's free game. Like they can go back and download a reel and reuse it if they want. They can repost the same reel. But if a full-time management client were to come to me and be like, hey, can I have a copy of that reel that we posted in January of last year? so January of 2021 and it's August of 2022, I have a clause in my contract that says I only keep copies of the deliverables for up to three months. So if a client texts me and wants a copy of something that I've made for them in the past, if it was more than three months ago, I no longer have a copy of it. So the reason that I do this is one, it takes up a lot of space and That's whether you're storing it on, you know, an external hard drive, in Milano, in Google Drive, in Asana, like wherever you are storing the actual deliverables, especially if you're working with reels and video content, it's going to take up a lot of space. And I do the same thing with my full-time management clients, so I have a lot of them send me videos even if there's no context to it, so like time lapses of them working, time lapses of them packaging orders, like anything that they can send me videos of. I tell them that I only keep copies of those for three months. So if a client were to text me and be like, hey, remember that video I sent you, you know, in January of this year, which at this point was seven months ago. And they're like, can we use a clip of that for this trend? I wouldn't have that video anymore. So the reason that I do three months is because 90 days, three months is a pretty routine, you know, time frame to keep a copy of deliverables for. Um, like a month I just feel like is really short, especially because there is a lot of opportunity to repurpose content. And that's the thing, like if there's content that I visibly can see, like will be very easy to repurpose, I'll move it over into a different folder just because that's a little bit different. But like if a client is sending me like five gigs worth of video at once, and especially doing that once a week, I can't keep copies of that stuff forever and neither can you because it's eventually just gonna take up a lot of space. So just explain to your client that again, it takes up a lot of space. It's a lot for you to keep organized. If they wanna make a separate Google Drive folder that's going off of their own storage capacity, you can always go in there and upload everything that you've made for them, you know, once a week or once a month, whatever. But I also tell them like any copy of a video, you can just download off of Instagram, you can download off of TikTok. So they again, they always have access to some version of it, but it's like the unedited version, like before text was added or before audio was added, that isn't gonna be in my possession after three months. And again, it's just more of an organization and optimization thing. Now, if I'm working with somebody for a one-off project, so like I do some packages where clients will send me their product, I content shoot with it, whether it's photos, reels, TikToks, whatever, and then I send the videos to them and they are free to use those pieces of content in their business wherever and whenever. So in situations like that, I tell them that one month or up to 30 days from the three date, so if I finish all of their content today, which is August 9th, and I send it all to them, I tell them, I keep a copy of this until September 9th. So like one month later after that, I do not have the content anymore. And I do a little less time for clients that I'm not working with full-time because again, Full time management, it's kind of easier to justify hanging on to the copies because you can repurpose a lot of content. With the one off content client, again, if we're done working together after that one shoot, and again, there's always an opportunity to work together again, but if we're gonna be doing a whole separate shoot, there's no reason for us to repurpose, you know, three or six month old content. So just adding in something about how long you keep a copy of the content for will help you just in the long run when a client texts you a year after working together and asks for something you can be like hey refer back to my contracts i only keep things for three months and i do like to reiterate that to clients going into packages or content shoots that this is how long i keep a copy for this is how long you'll be able to get it from me and i send them like directions of how to like copy the folder in google drive so that it's showing up in their google drive instead of mine Um, and that just comes with being a little bit more you know familiar with how Google Drive works. But yeah, so that's number one. Make sure you are diving into how long you're keeping a copy of the deliverables for. Okay, next one is having a refund or a no refund policy. So this is one that is coming from personal experience that I never want anybody to go through ever again. So, okay, let me set the tone for you. This woman reaches out to me off of Instagram. She said she's followed me for a long time. She's finally ready to work together and she's actually writing a book. So I was like, yes, love this. Like so on board, we did a discovery call. She had no red flags, loved her so much, was so excited to get started. I literally started working on this project before she actually paid me because I was so excited. So about a week goes by and I start getting together the first round of deliverables for her and setting up our second calls to start going over everything. And obviously everybody's branding and social media, you know, content package process is gonna be a little bit different. But for me, I like to start with like a very general outline. Like it's as simple as a Google doc with a couple bullet points and a Pinterest mood board. And just being like, when you look at these things does it make you see your brand, you know? That's kind of where we start. And it's almost like a coloring book. Like the coloring book starts, you know, black and white pages not filled in. And then over time, as we establish all of the branding elements that we need to establish, we fill in that coloring book. So anyway, I start sending her the first round. And again, I don't like to just send it over and be like, okay, look at this and let me know what you think. Like I like to do it on the call together so I can walk them through what they're looking at and just verbalize a little bit more of what my vision is. So we get on the second call, we're going through and she's like, you know, this just isn't really hitting the nail on the head, blah, blah, blah. And I'm the first person to admit like when I'm doing something wrong or like if, you know, I didn't I didn't make something to the client's standards. So I was like, okay, totally understand. I misinterpreted some of your key words. Like when I hear bold, I think of like big chunky lettering and like bright neon colors and like vivid blacks like stuff like that. When I hear bold, I don't think of gold and royal blue and script font, which is what she actually wanted. So, anyway, we get some of that established and we come back the next round of revisions and I'm like, okay, this I'm so confident going into it. I'm like, this is going to be the like perfect. This is going to be what she wants, blah blah blah. We get on the call and she loses her mind on me. And she's like, this is horrible. I can't believe that you charge people for this service. Blah, 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 Imagine if we took it to heart every time somebody sent that to us. And like, granted, this was the only time I've ever had this happen. And it was the first time that it happened, obviously first and only, but okay. So and she starts flipping out on me. I'm like, you know what? I'm not charging you for the entirety of this month. And we're just gonna end our time together now. Like we're not doing another round of revisions. Like clearly we're just not meant to work together. So, i refund her i refund her what she paid me for our retainer minus the hours that i had already put into this so she responds with this like super super nasty email being like if it took you six hours to put these things together like you're so untalented you're so uneducated like y'all i literally i had to delete the emails for my mental health because i was like i don't even want these thing but like I wish I still had them because they were so believably aggressive. So I am like, hey, like it's only fair, you know, that I'm paid for the time that I put into this project. So I'm refunding you 3 quarters of what we you paid me and I'm keeping a quarter. So the next day she sends me this email about how she's gonna take me to court and blah, 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 blah. And like, by the time it was all said and done, she was literally threatening to take me to court over like $600. So I eventually just gave her back the entire $1,800 that she had originally paid me and said, I don't care. You're not worth my mental health going through an entire court case and getting a lawyer and all of the fees with that, like neither of us would have come out with money at the end. So I was like, you're fucking absurd. Like if you even have the time in the day to like be this upset about $600, like I get it. It's an investment for your business and it didn't turn out the way that you wanted, but like, I still did work like it doesn't defeat the purpose and it doesn't defeat the fact that like six hours of work was done on this package for you and it's not my fault that you are like literally night and day bipolar like she said again the blue gold white scripty font so I send back a mood board and stuff like that. Again, like I'm the first one to be like, okay, clearly I'm not right for the job. Like, and that's exactly what I did, but she was super against me keeping the payment for the time that I did put in. So anyway, I ended up sending it back to her just so that the conversation would stop. However, the next day I called my lawyer and was like, put a no refund policy in, like something about like, you, like once you pay, like it's done. And he did. And I do want to say it's, it was not my lawyer's fault that it wasn't in there to begin with. I was using a very outlined agreement that was not going to back me up legally, which is why she was able to essentially bully me into sending the money back. So that's my little story that is why you need to have some sort of refund or no refund policy like no refund once work has been completed no refund once work has been started no refund once retainer's been paid like thing like that because it's going to save you and it doesn't need to be that aggressive like there can be you know lenience in it like you know 30-day refund policy at 50% or something, just like something that's going to protect you that if you have already put time into it and you were paid for that time that you legally can keep that money. And again, like that sounds super like obvious, right? I I don't know. It was a lesson I had to learn the hard way and I don't want you to have to learn it the hard way too. So make sure you have something along those lines in your contract. Okay, so the next thing you need to have in your contract is something about your communication guidelines and your business hours. So I don't do this to the point where I'm like, I only answer your text from this client between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But it is important to just have a little clause that's like, these are my normal operating hours. These are days that I'm not available. Like if you have specific holidays or anything like that. And what I do in that situation for holidays, this is like kind of side note, is I do actively post on those days leading up to holidays, the day of holidays, whatever, but my clients all know I'm not reachable via text like I normally am. So just having something about there, but for your normal business hours. So like all of my clients know from 9 a.m. Eastern time to 5 p.m. Eastern time, I will answer text messages if I'm you know near my computer, near my phone, like if I'm not at a content shoot or something, but for the most part, they know they can expect a response there and then i do also have in my cup that you'll never go more than 24 hours without a response so like if you don't hear back from me right away it's not that i'm ignoring you like i'm probably just like got a shoot or like had a lot of admin work to do that day and wasn't really checking into my texts or emails um but yeah they know kind of you know those guidelines and I'm a little lenient with them sometimes. Like I will answer a text on a Saturday because I can't help when my brain is working and sometimes I'm just working that day anyway. But just having something in there again about when your client can expect you to answer and, and then not only when they can expect you to answer, but how you're going to communicate. So I shared a TikTok recently that I use a Apple ID for my business Um, So I have a phone, an iPad, and my computer that are all logged into my business Apple ID. And then that's actually how I communicate with my clients is just right through text message. And it's super easy to like do shared albums for the clients, like send me pictures. It's super easy for me to airdrop. Like if I'm editing a video on my phone, but I need to put it into Planoly, like on my computer, it's super easy to airdrop it there. So there's a million different reasons why I do that. If you have questions about that, DM me on Instagram, or you can go look at the TikTok that I posted about it. But super underrated tip for social media managers and it's completely free like all you need is the device i did it from my ipad for the longest time and then i got my computer set up to it and now i have my work phone that's set up to it so super convenient to have you know that communication if you ever go out somewhere 99 chance there's going to be wi-fi that you can connect it to So like you don't even have to have an active cell phone plan with the phone that you're logged into this apple id with so anyway my clients all know that that's how we communicate primarily i do have one client that their entire business and every other team in their business is set up in Discord. So we use Discord, which I love, but for the most part, most of my clients and I communicate via text. All of our, you know, meetings are done via FaceTime. So like all my clients know that that's how we communicate. So you can choose to do it by email only, you can choose to do it, you know, by Slack, by Google Hangout, like whatever your preference of communication is, but let your client know how they can reach you and when they can expect a response. And another thing to put into your contracts that has to do with your clients is making sure that going into the project, your client, what they need to actually be a part of. So one of the, oh my God, I saw this post the other day and I don't remember who was by, if you're listening to this and you know who posted it or if it was you that posted it, let me know. But it was like the worst thing you can do when you hire a social media manager is tell them what to do. Like your goal really should be to hire somebody that you trust enough to take complete control of your brand so that you as the business owner can step back and be the visionary, come up with the products because you're the expert of the industry that you're working in, so on, so on, so on, so on. However, with the actual contract, you do want to make sure that your client knows what you need from them in order to do your job. So if that's, you know, in your contract saying by Wednesday of every week, your client will have you the raw footage and photos that you need to have the next week of content ready. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to figure out what your timeline is. For me, I do all of my clients a week ahead of time and I always do them by Thursday. So by Thursday at the latest, my clients have their content for the next week already approved and ready to go. So I like to tell my clients that by Monday... I need all of their content for the following week and I will have given them checklists. I will tell them what trends to use to like record, like audios, whatever. Like I will give them everything that they need. These are for my full-time management client, but they know that by this specific day, I need their content or it's not gonna make it into the next week and it's gonna have to be pushed for another week and we're already creating a week ahead of time. So it's hard to visualize when this content will actually be used. So that's why I like to establish with them Right from the jump, this is what I need from you. This is when I need it from you. Um, And then there's a lot of other things that go into that too. So, not even just the photos and videos, but like who's going to be, you know, actually figuring out what the content is going to be about. So, like, obviously, if you're being hired on to do strategy, it's going to be your job to know what parts of their industry need to be highlighted in their content in order to convert or grow their audience, whatever their goal is. But you do want to make sure that say you're just here to create the content based off of what the client tells you and you're doing, you know, 10 posts a month. They need to give you those 10 ideas. Like you need to have the content from them to be able to create these posts surrounding these 10 ideas. You know what I mean? So it's really important to again not only establish the scope of work like to figure out what are you providing as your service? But it's also really important to establish with the client what you need from them. Like somebody just commented on one of my TikToks earlier and was like, What do I do about a client that doesn't communicate or provide content? And my response was to break up with them. Like, that's not somebody who's taking the investment seriously. They're not taking your service seriously. Um, And to me, if you can go into the package with them knowing like, hey, I need this from you in order to make my job work or happen, that's going to be the most beneficial. And again, just establishing that right from the beginning going to be super helpful. Okay, this is another one that has to do with something that you need from your client during your onboarding or, you know, contract signing process. And that is asking the client for permission to showcase your work with them in your portfolio. So this is kind of like a, I was going to say two birds with one stone kind of thing, but it's actually like a five birds with one stone kind of thing. So I like to, in the beginning of working together, ask a client, you know, Hey, if at some point I wanted to expand my portfolio or to showcase some of the work that we're doing together, would you be okay with me sharing it on my website or in a social media post, just so that I know like right off the bat that it's okay to ask them. And then I do also just let them know that if I do ever choose to do that, I will have a separate agreement that they sign and I will ask permission for specific incidents or not incidents, specific situations. But I like to just ask in the beginning, like, hey, are you okay with this? And then I kind of know, you know, the vibe right from the beginning. And I do give them the option, like we can keep it anonymous. Like I don't need to say what brand it is, but you know, obviously for that social proof, it's nice to be able to tag them or to showcase the name of the brand. But It's all about what the client is most comfortable with. So again, just asking for that permission. Um, And then like I said, when the time does come that I want to expand my portfolio, I will just like shoot them a quick text, be like, hey, I'm gonna add this in, is it okay? And they're like, yeah, and then like I send it to them, you know, let them see it first and make them feel like they're in control. I mean, not make them feel like they're in control, let them be in control of the situation because it is their business and it is their brand. But this is super helpful, especially for newer social media managers who are actively trying to grow their portfolio to showcase the different work that they do, just put it in your contract um, because you don't ever want to showcase a client without asking their permission first because whether you signed an NDA or whether the business is in this stage where they you know, don't need to be like broadcasting who their team members are, it's really important just to ask for that permission first. Obviously, I think your client should be proud to be working with you and want to show you off. However, a lot of people like to keep their teams more behind the scenes, you know? And again, it's all just personal preference. None of it's right or wrong, but that's why I like to include it in the contract so I can ask permission. Okay, I have a tip that I wanna share that actually came from a comment on TikTok, and I wanna make sure that I give her credit for it. So this tip and comment came from Shannon Lonnie. I think that's how you say your last name, Ellie, and I, or your name on TikTok. So Shannon, if you're listening to this, hi, we're using your tip. So Shannon said that it's important to include page one of five, page two of five, page three of five at the bottom of every contract so that your client knows, you know, exactly what they're looking at, knows what they're in for, knows how many pages there should be, and then you can also kind of up that by adding an initial at the bottom of every page. So having your client initial the bottom of every page, signaling that they have seen every single page. And again, all of these reasons are just emphasizing why it's so, so, so important to, again, either hire a business professional, a lawyer, or buy an attorney-drafted contract template. There's a huge reason that I don't do a contract template in the template shop, and it's because they are really hard to customized to your business because the services that social media managers provide are all so different. Like the way that my packages are structured are going to be totally different than yours based on what you like and what you're good at. Mine are going to be based off of what I like doing and what I feel I'm good at. So it's just really hard. And especially with like your backend processes, if you have team members, it's really hard to try to come up with all of that on your own. I highly recommend leaving that to the professionals. So that is just a couple. I did, like I said, share a Instagram post and two TikToks about this topic. So there's a little bit more information in those, possibly some points that I didn't necessarily touch on in this episode, but you can find some more information in there. But just all of this to say, it's really important to go over all of this information with your client during the onboarding process. And actually with the contract, I do most of the time like to, you know, go through it with the contract, whether we're on a Zoom call or a FaceTime call, whatever, because a lot of people won't actively read contracts. And especially if you're getting one that's like lawyer drafted and has a bunch of legal jumble in it that, you know, regular people who aren't lawyers wouldn't necessarily understand just reading point blank. This is why it's important to have your legal professional explain it to you and how you're covered so that you can reiterate the message to your client. Okay, so I was going to add some ask me anything questions to the end of this episode because it was a little bit shorter, but I just remembered that the day that I posted this contract post, I had a questions box on my story. And there were some questions in there that I didn't answer, and I also want to answer some of the ones that I did answer. Okay, so one of the questions was, what do you consider deliverables? So, kind of already answered this, but deliverables are really anything that you're providing to the client, whether it's posts, you know, content stories, their strategy outline, their captions, their hashtags. A lot of what we do as social media managers is behind the scenes, and it's not usually necessary to consider every single thing that you're doing a deliverable, even though technically it is. For me, a deliverable is anything that would be going live on the client's profile or their website or just in general to their audience. But again, it's important to make sure you're defining these deliverables in your project outline and your contracts, your agreements, all of that. So deliverables, again, anything that could be considered a tangible item, even though to social media managers, those tangible items are digital assets. Somebody asked, is it possible to have too much in your contract? And it's such an interesting question because like technically it's your business and at the end of the day, you should do any and everything to protect your business. You have to do what you have to do. So I don't think from a lawyer or legal perspective that there's such thing as your contract being too long or too much. I personally think sometimes they can be a little excessive, but I'm sure my lawyer would disagree with me (laughs) on that. Okay, somebody said, How do you actually send your contract? So a couple different ways. So before a long time ago, I would do it through DocuSign. So it's a website that you sign up for. You can upload, you know, your PDF or your contract, and then it sends an email link to your client for them to virtually sign the agreement. You can also just download it as a PDF and send it to the client. And if they use, you know, Mac or I'm sure there's a Windows alternative, but preview, they can just quickly add in their signature. But now I use Honeybook. Um, So I love HoneyBook. I use it for everything. I use it for my client payments. I use it for my proposals. I use it to store all of my clients' information. Like I absolutely love HoneyBook. And I do have a referral code. I get asked that sometimes. So I'm gonna put the referral code to HoneyBook in the description of this episode. You can try it for free. And yeah, I'll put that in there. Do you have a contract template? Already kind of answered this. So currently right now in the Social Media Manager's Survival Guide, there is a copy of a contract that is very old it's very outdated but it's loaded with disclaimers that you should not use this contract copy and paste it again because it was made years ago so it's in there for the purpose of showing what's important to outline certain verbiage you can use so technically there is a contract available in the social media manager survival guide however it's not anything that i would ever sell like standalone as an actual template for somebody to purchase Advertised as a contract for social media managers because that's just not what it is. Like it's in the guide for more putting in education purposes, not necessarily for template purposes. Another question was Does it need to come from a lawyer? And again, already answered that. I highly Highly recommend that it comes from a lawyer. At the end of the day, like I said, this is not legal advice, so I can say this. You can make an agreement in Canva as long as it's outlining and just a general description and something to protect you. Something is better than nothing. I understand that investing in a lawyer or a business to, you know, have a specific contract made isn't necessarily the most cost effective way to do it but i promise it's some of the best money you will ever spend on your business okay so a little bit on the shorter side today a little bit more on the educational side today so short sweet two point talked about contracts like i said there's some other quick bites of information about contracts that you can find on my instagram or my tiktok Like I said, if you want to see a copy of a very outdated contract that I used to use, and it's not outdated in the way that, like, it's not usable anymore. It's outdated in the way that it's just not relevant to the services that I provide now, and I since have been revamped by a different lawyer. So that can all be found at the link in my bio on Instagram or pagemediaco.com. I have two very exciting guests coming on the next few weeks. One of them I will be recording with next week, and her episode will be out next Friday, and same thing with the week after. So two guest episodes coming your way in the next two weeks. Um, Okay, I think that's it for today. Gotta keep things short because we gotta get finished on the social media travel guide revamp. But okay, love you, love you, love you. I hope you have the best weekend, have the best day. If you're listening to this on the Friday that it comes out, that'll make sense. If you're listening to this on a Monday, I hope you have the best week. If you're listening to this at any other day of the week, I hope you have the best day of your whole entire life. Okay, love you. Bye. Hey, it's me again, your host, Lex. I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the social media survival guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at page media coach to make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me again. The quickest way to reach me is going to be at page media co, but make sure you follow at the social media survival guide, just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.